You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. If you have your Bibles, look with me to Galatians chapter 1, the New Testament, Galatians chapter 1, and grab the sermon notes there and follow along if you would like. This morning we're continuing on in the series that Pastor Stan launched last Sunday called Toxic. Toxic. I have some symbols, some signs on the screen this morning. How many of you would be familiar with or have seen these universal symbols that oftentimes are posted on signs in different areas, maybe throughout our community, throughout your workplace? Any of you ever seen something like this? So what did one or all of these symbols tell us? Because they're pretty much synonymous. They, to some degree, tell us all the same thing. But when you see one of these symbols, a sign, one of these symbols on a sign, what does it tell you? Biohazard, poison, danger, toxic. Thank you. That's where we're going. Stay away. When I see one of these signs, it actually tells me, keep your cotton-picking hands off of this. Because I'm, I'm one of those kind of guys that likes to experience stuff. I don't want to just see it. Like, I want to like, be where it's at. And so when I see one of these, it tells me, like, man, I need to, stay, need to stay clear. Well, just as there's some toxic stuff in our world that can injure us, so there's some toxic behaviors and beliefs that we can get, engage in that can not only harm us, but oftentimes it ends up harming others, and the challenge is, is most often it's those who are closest to us, those that we're processing life with. There's some toxic behaviors that can rob us of life and limit our God-given p- potential. If these toxic behaviors go unaddressed, this is what I know, they will create problems. They will wreck your life. Uh, so that's why we're spending some time in this series talking about toxic behaviors. The, everything we allow in our minds, hearts, and lives, everything that we spend our time and money on has, um, has an impact on how we grow spiritually or uh, we don't grow spiritually. As the old computer adage reminds us, garbage in, garbage out. So what we're allowing in eventually eventually it's going to come out. And if the unhealthy is coming in, guess what comes out? Unhealthy stuff, toxic stuff coming in, toxic stuff is going to come out of our lives. You know, oftentimes one of the things I've come to discover is we engage in toxic behavior and we have toxic beliefs and oftentimes we don't even realize it. We don't even realize it's happening. Yet, as we're interacting with individuals, they're experiencing the toxic stuff from our lives. And what I've discovered from my own life, because I've had some toxic stuff in my life, and as I've worked with a lot of other folks who have toxic behaviors, and the good news, they all go to the Cornelius campus. None of them come here, so we can talk about them this morning, right? As I have worked with uh, a lot of folks who have toxic behaviors, um, what I see is it brings damage and death. The end result of it is, is always damage and death. Not so much physical death, but if we have toxic beliefs and behaviors in our lives that, go, that are going unaddressed, it can be the death of potential, the death of our abilities, the death of our future, the death of our dreams, um, the death of relationships. I interact with um, individuals quite often who, like, man, there's some toxic stuff happening in their marriage. And they want a better marriage, but they're not addressing the toxic stuff. And if you don't address the toxic stuff, 
The marriage is not the problem. Oftentimes people come to my office and a lot of folks find their way to my office and they say, Pastor, we have a, a marriage problem and it doesn't take me long to figure out they don't have a marriage problem. What they have is they have people problems. There's some toxic stuff that's found its way into their lives and into their thinking and it's showing up where? In the marriage relationship. And so we see this playing out. So where there's toxic stuff, behaviors and beliefs that's going unaddressed, Again, what does it result in? It results in damage and death. But let me show you a couple of pictures. Last Monday, I went and bought two plants. Um, these are uh, called New Guinea Impatience. Um, beautiful plants, just a wonder of God's creation. So I bought these plants on Monday. They're identical. Uh, so I took this picture on Monday, and beginning on Monday, I poured a half a cup of water on one and a half a cup of bleach on the other. On Tuesday, I poured a half a cup of water, a half a cup of bleach. Wednesday, half a cup of water, a half a cup of bleach. Same thing Thursday, same thing Friday. Then on Saturday, I put the two plants side by side, and I took a second picture. One doesn't look so healthy, does it? <laughs> like one looks like it's thriving, and the other looks like it has a problem. That one's uh, doing well, one's not doing well. Why do you think the plant on the right is all shriveled and wilted? I killed it, right? I did. That's exactly right. I killed the plant. It's not because I don't have a green thumb. I killed the plant because I was pouring toxic stuff on the plant. And oftentimes, again, this is what happens in our marriages, in our homes, in our workplaces. There's toxic beliefs and behaviors. And what's it doing? So it's doing the same thing it did to this plant. One of the staff members asked me, said, are you, are you going to try to resurrect that plant? I said, no, it's dead. It's gone. Why? Because I put toxic stuff on the plant. And again, this is the same thing that could happen in our lives if we're not aware. So that's why we're doing this series talking, talking about the toxic stuff in our lives. Proverbs 4.23 is our theme verse for this series. And it says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The contemporary English version of this verse reads like this, Carefully guard your thoughts because they are your source of life. So what we think is really important. Why? Because it's directing, it's directing the life that we're experiencing. So today, in this series, we're going to talk about, we're going to focus in on toxic religion. So what do we mean by toxic? Toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or death. Toxic is anything that contam- can, can contaminate your life, resulting in injury to yourself or others. So when we put the word toxic together with religion, we end up with a belief system that's not only going to be dangerous for self, but it's going to be dangerous for others. And it's going to manifest itself wherever there's toxic religion. It always manifests itself in uh, ugly, unhealthy ways that usually, usually it feeds pride and arrogance in our lives. You know, Christianity was never intended to be like one of the world's religions today was not the intention christianity is this it's engaging in a life-giving relationship with a god who loves you outrageously it's engaging in a relationship that's possible today not because you're good but because god is gracious not because you can keep all the rules but because god is merciful 
That's what Christianity is all about. And however, down through the years, and even up to this present day, we humans have a good job of turning what God intended to be relationship, turning it to something that can be that can be toxic in the form of religion. And let me tell you why we do that most of the time is we want to be in control. And we want to control others. That's the whole deal with religion. You want to be in control. You want to call the shots and you want to control others. So we create these man-made regulations, these guidelines. And we say that, you know, if, if you if you really want to be approved by God, then you have to do this. And you have to do this. And you have to do this. And we create all of these what I call add-ons or additions to. You need the cross and, oh, this, 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 this. And again, it's, it's, a, it's a means of manipulation. You know, I think it's interesting, and you can check this out later, that you'll find it to be true. If you look to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll find that most, most of Jesus' corrective, directive words were not for people who were far from God. Most of his, most of his points of, um, of condemnation was not for the prostitute, not for the, law bra- uh, not for the lawbreakers, not for the tax collectors. If you read the gospel, you'll find that Jesus had most of his challenges with the religious folks. He had most of his challenges with the individuals who thought they had everything going their way. He had most of his challenges with individuals who thought their lives were lining up pretty good. And if you didn't believe that, just look at them. And if that's not enough, they would tell you. Because they were keeping all the rules, all the regulations. Yet, they were the ones who were constantly in conflict with Jesus. I believe it was actually... My interpretation is it was toxic religion that took Jesus to the cross. It was there that Jesus gave his life to to make a way not for more religion, but for a living life-giving relationship with our Heavenly Father. So what is religion? We define toxic. Let me define religion so we're all working with the same definition. It's there in your notes. Religion is any system, rules, expectations, or regulations that promise God's acceptance or approval in return for human effort. In other words, we work to achieve God's love and acceptance. It's been said that, that, man's, that religion is man's effort to, um, to relate to God. It's man's effort to achieve acceptance by God. Some scholars even say that the word religion means to return to bondage. When we return to religion, what are we? we're going back to a place of limitation. So when we have toxic religion, we have regulations and rules that rob people of life rather than giving them life. We have demands and expectations that weigh people down rather than bringing greater freedom. Listen, Jesus didn't come to establish or promote a religion. That's not the reason He came. He came to give His life so that we might have life. Not that we might have more rules. Not that we might have more guidelines and, and, and more regulations. We see an example of toxic religion in the New Testament. In, in the book of Galatians, where we want to look this morning. The Apostle Paul was a church planner. Um, and he would go from region to region to region. And he would preach the gospel. 
people would gather, people would get saved, he would raise up leaders, establish the church, and then he would go on to another region. Preach the gospel, same thing. Raise up leaders, establish the church, and he would go to then another church. Well, he came to this area, this, this community called Galatia, and he preached the gospel. And he started a church. Everything was wonderful. Everything was great. He left to go into another region. And then he heard that the Judaizers, uh, the Judaizers were individuals who had come to embrace that of God's grace, yet they were mixing it with the law. He got news that the Judaizers had come in and uh, they had deceived and misled the early believers, basically saying, you know, what... what uh, what Paul said was good, like, you know, this, this salvation by grace, that's a good starting place. But if you really want to please God, if you really want to be approved by God, if you really want to be accepted by God, then you need grace, but you also need to be circumcised. And grace is good, but you also need to live by the law, under the law. Grace is good, but here are these here are these add-ons that you need if you're really going to be approved by God. Now, can you imagine the tension this created for every uncircumcised male adult? I mean, like in my role as a pastor, it's hard enough to get men baptized, much less if we were still doing circumcision today. Can you imagine? Man, you want to thin the attendance at church pretty good. Just say, hey, right at the end of service, we're having a ride of circumcision. I got my scapula and we're ready to go. How many of you know, man, we would be a female-dominated church. That's what I know. If we were adding on, because that's what they were doing. The Judaizers were adding on these rules and regulations to say, you know, grace is good. Jesus came. He died. All of that's good. But if you really want to be approved by God, if you really want, to, if you really want God to love you, if you really want to get to heaven, then here's some, here's some add-ons that you need to bring. Well, the Apostle Paul writes a scathing letter to the church that he loved, bringing a correction to their misdirection, bringing a correction to their deception, bringing a correction to what actually became toxic religion. Look with me to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Paul says, I'm astonished, I'm shocked that you're so quickly, notice, deserting the one who called you out by grace of Christ and you're turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and they're trying to pervert, notice that word, to pervert the gospel of Christ. The Greek word translated here to pervert is metastrophu, and it means to taint, to corrupt, to distort, or to poison. Paul says, I'm so, he says, I'm so amazed that you're so quickly misled by this poison, this poison that's been brought by this group of individuals known as the Judaizers. Because again, they were saying, basically, if, if you really want God to love you, then, then you need to follow these 600 plus rules. You need to follow all of the law. It was their toxic religion that Paul was confronting, what he was calling the Galatia believers back to the purity of the gospel. 
back to a gospel of grace. Now, the, for us today, we don't have the problem with the Judaizers. That was a problem for the church of Galatia. That was the form of toxic religion they were experiencing. But how many of you know, um, even up to this day, we have the reality of toxic religion that's playing out in the body of Christ. Would you agree with that? Uh, how many of you have experienced that personally? Yeah, someone's poured a little toxic religion on you. Let me give you three examples. And this is things that's happened right here in our community. There's a group of churches, and I'll not mention the group of churches by name, but there's a group of churches that would say, if you really love God and you really want to please God, you're only going to use the King James Version. It is the blessed, anointed version. And it's like, really, when, when was the King James Version established? You know the year? Let me tell you, 1611. So really, that's the only one. And that's the anointed one. Like, you know, NIV doesn't work. Oh, the message is certainly of the devil. You know, you don't want to read that. It's only the King James Version. I drove by a sign in front of a church the other day that said King James Version only. And I said, God help them. So it's alive right here in our community. Individuals who would say, if you really want to please God, there's only one true Bible, and it is the King James Version. What is that? It's a form of control. It's a form of toxic religion. Here's, a, here's another illustration. Some, this has been, I don't know, a few years ago. Not real, this is not real recent. But there was a curriculum that was out called uh, Parenting God's Way. Any of you ever heard of Parenting God's Way? It's great. It's really a great curriculum. It has some great principles about parenting. However, this is what I saw happening, and this actually happened in our own church family, is I saw individuals take this curriculum, and where they eventually landed was, is this is the only way to parent. And if you're not parenting this way, then you're parenting wrong. How I many you know there's multiple ways to parent? We have two children in our home, not that we don't have a completely different set of rules for one and the other, but I'm telling you, we have a boy that's really different from the girl. And so we have like two different ways we're trying to parent. I'm saying trying to parent. We haven't got it all figured out. But we have two different ways that we're trying to parent because we have two kids that are really different. But here's a group of individuals who took a curriculum, growing kids God's way. If you're not growing kids this way, then obviously you're missing it. You're doing it wrong. And it became a point of condemnation. It's like, here's the standard. And if you're not meeting this standard, then you're a lousy parent. What is that? I'm not making this stuff up. This happened at Grace Covenant. Probably before most of you arrived, but I had to deal with it. It's called toxic religion. Here's another example. Um, there's a former member of Grace Covenant who left Grace Covenant. Um, but the bad news is, is they still had my email address. So they left Grace Covenant, but they still had my email address. And they just began to wear me out. I mean, like they flooded my inbox uh, with things like, you know, Pastor, if you really love God and you want God to really love you and you really want God to love the people of Grace Covenant, you need to tell them to stop eating pork. Now, I don't know about you, but I like me some bacon. <laughs> One of my challenges when I go to, to Israel, go to the Holy Land, is like I can't get bacon on the bar, right? The buffet line. 
And they went on to this, this long list of emails, like, you know, if you really love God and you were really pastoring the church well, you would stop worshiping on Sunday and you would worship on Saturday because Saturday's truly the Sabbath. And it went on and on. And finally, my, my cup was running over um, as well as my inbox. And I kindly sent them an email and said, please don't email me anymore. It was a form of what toxic religion that says, you know, pastor, if you really want God to love you, then here's these added Here's these add ons that, that you have to live out. So, again, this stuff is live and well today in our world. So let me let me give you really quick three qualities, three qualities of toxic religion. So it can kind of help you recognize, okay, is this toxic religion? The first is this. It focuses on the external rather than the internal. It's about, it's about appearance, not about heart. It's about how I look and how others perceive me, not really what's happening in my life. And we see this playing out. A great illustration of this is with, with the religious leaders of Jesus' day. But they were all concerned about appearance. They were all concerned about being recognized and acknowledged by a certain name and a certain title. Matter of fact, at one point in Matthew 23, verse, um, verse 25, Jesus said these words, Woe to you, teachers of law, Pharisees and hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Jesus was saying, hey, you look good on the outside, but there's some corruption happening on the inside. So, the first tendency of toxic religion is it's really concerned about external, not internal. Here's the second quality. It focuses on rules instead of relationship. Again, we see this playing out in the church of Galatia, the text we read this morning. Paul was writing to correct the error because of the deception that Judaizers had led these young believers to shift away from relationship to rules. And basically we're saying, you know, it's circumcision and these other rules of the law. It's about following the law. The focus went from relationship, salvation by grace and grace along to here's a long list of rules that you have to follow. Listen, any time, any time rules become a greater priority than relationship and human effort becomes greater than God's grace. Let me tell you what you have. You have toxic religion. When we elevate rules over grace, rules over relationship with God, what do you have? You have toxic stuff. Here's a third quality of toxic religion. It focuses on what you must do rather than what Jesus did. Toxic religion is about doing and doing and doing and doing that at some point I might gain approval and acceptance and applaud by God. If I just do more, then God will love me more. What is it? It's called toxic. It's a toxic belief system that's not true to who God is or true to what God's Word says. And this is how, at times, it plays out. And I think sometimes people are really innocent in this. Their intention is good, but it gets to be bad. Their intention is good, but it can become toxic. They can say, you know, you, you, you need to read three chapters a day, every day. Now, how many of you know, reading three chapters of Scripture every day would probably do you good. You know, I mean, the Word, what feeds your soul, the Word begins to transform your mind. But when we, set, when we begin to make it a rule and a regulation that 
that determines how God responds to us. At that point, it's become toxic. I mean, you know, one verse sometimes will do. I mean, I got a hold of one verse one time and it wouldn't let me go. The Holy Spirit wore me out with that verse. I didn't need three chapters. On that day, I needed one verse. That's all I needed. Give me plenty to work on throughout the day. Or, or maybe it could play out like this. You know, if you, if you really love God and you want God to really love you, then you have to go to church every Sunday. Every Sunday. Now, again, I'm not against... I'm not against going to church. I think we should go to church. I think corporate worship's really important. However, when we set that as the standard as to whether God really loves us, what did we do? We've just created rules and regulations. We've just created like more stuff I have to do rather than focusing on what Jesus did. Or we could talk about communion. Jeff and Maria led us in communion this morning. We could say, uh, you know, you need to take communion. And we would all agree, boy, that's good. We should. We should remember the provision and the work of Christ. But if I were to add on to that and say, boy, if you don't take communion every day, then you really, you really must not love God. What did I do? I just took something that was good and made it bad. Does that make sense? And oftentimes that's what happens. See, toxic religion focuses on what we must do rather than what Christ did. It's the opposite of the truth of the gospel. So what is the gospel? What's the good news of the gospel? I want to take you to one other passage of Scripture as I kind of try to tie all of this together. Romans chapter 3, verse 20, 21, and 22. Paul says these words. Would you read this with me? It's on the screen, so let's read it together. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So what's the good news? What's the good news of the gospel? What's Paul telling us here? First is this, you cannot earn God's acceptance by observing the law. So there's no amount of rule keeping that can make you right with God. No amount of rule keeping. The problem, the problem's not with the law, the problem's with who? Us. The law's perfect. The law is without flaw. Want to take a guess who's not perfect? So the problem was not with the law. The problem was with you and I. And that we did not have the ability, we did not have the ability to live out the law. We could not meet the demands of the law. So what Jesus Christ, the sinless one, the one who was perfect in every way, came and died to pay the penalty of our sin, to free us from the law. Second Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made Him, being Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in Him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. And the problem, The problem with religion is it says you can please God by your work. So we're driven what to work harder and to do better and to work harder and do better. But again, the problem is, is you cannot earn God's acceptance by just being better or just by doing good. A religious person might proudly say things like, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't chew, I don't run with girls who do. 
No matter have that little catch line like, well, I'm doing all of these things so well. But anytime we think that we can get to God through our own effort, through our own achievement, we're deceived, we're misled. That is a form of toxic religion that's about your human effort. So you cannot earn God's acceptance by observing the law. So then what's the purpose of the law? Paul says this so clearly at the end of verse 20. He says the purpose of the law is to show you your need for a Savior. The purpose of the law is to re- reveal like what's really happening inside of you. The purpose of the law is to reveal that, that, that there's a standard that you do not have the ability to meet. I mean, all you have to do is look at the Ten Commandments and it doesn't take you long to figure out you've broken several of them, right? Or maybe all of them. I know I've broken several of them. You look at the Ten Commandments and realize, oh, I, I, I've not done so well. You know, if it's a test and there's 10 questions, you know, I'm hitting it about maybe 30%. What's 30%? It's failing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the challenge of our life. So what's the purpose of the law? The law shows us that here's the standard and like we're down here and we can't get there. Evangelist and author Ray Comfort asked a series of questions. If you read any of his material, he asked a series of questions to help people see their need for Christ, to help them see like the real struggles of their humanity. So I want to give you my version of Ray Comfort's questions. So just kind of work with me on this. Here's the first question. Have you ever told a lie? At least one. If you didn't raise your hand, you're, you just lied. Okay, are you with me? So, so what are we? We are all... We are liars. You ready for a second question? Have you ever broke the speed limit before? Yeah, so, so you have. So what does that make you? It makes you a lawbreaker. You're guilty. Have you ever put anything before God? Like ahead of God? Oh, probably so. You know what that makes you? It makes you an idolater. How are you feeling about yourself right now? Here's a, here's a third question. Have you ever stolen something? taken something that wasn't yours, didn't belong to you. I know I have. I have a funny story. I don't have time to tell you the story, but when I was a kid, I, I got nailed. Uh, so you've probably taken something that wasn't yours, even if it was a pen or a paper clip. Some of you are carrying our pens out. and yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Take as many as you want. But what, what does that make you? It, it makes you a thief. So simply put, listen, here's the reality. Simply put, we are lying, law-breaking, idolatrous, thieving sinners. I know it doesn't sound good, but it is the reality. That's what Paul says. The law makes us conscious. It makes us aware of what our great need, our great need for a Savior. And I think that brings us, it brings us to the best news of the Gospel. Looking back to Romans 3.22, Paul states, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all, to anyone, to everyone who will believe. So righteousness with God comes what? By faith in Christ alone. So righteousness, being right with God, is not achieved by religion. It's not achieved by going to church or being a member of a church. Listen, there's not a church today that can save you. 
Well, I, you know, I bless God I'm okay because I joined the church. The church can't save you. And being good, you, you can't save yourself. There's only one way. It's, it's by believing and receiving. It's by putting your faith in Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, For by grace, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works. Not by works. Only by grace. So we're made right with God, not by human effort or our works or our religion. It's only through Christ. Here's the problem with toxic religion. It tries to add on like extra buttons and extra patches and extra badges to be perfect and completed in Christ. So it adds on to the provision of of Christ. See, religion, religion is really this. Religion is Christ plus anything. Religion says, okay, you need Jesus, but you need whatever it would be. Again, I'm all for reading your Bible. I'm all for going to church. I'm all for tithing. I'm all for taking communion. I'm all for fasting. But anytime someone tells you, well, you need Christ and this, they've just taken you away from the purity of the gospel. So religion is, is Christ plus anything, but the gospel is Christ plus nothing. You don't need anything else. What do you need? You need Christ. See, the final work of Christ on the cross is everything we need to be made right with God. What we only need to believe in His Son. By faith, by faith we enter into a relationship with God through His risen Son. Through that, what we're completely forgiven. Through that, we're completely accepted. Through that, we're completely loved. And it has nothing to do with what you can do to earn it. It has everything to do with what Christ has done for us. So if you, if you contrast toxic religion with a pure gospel, th- this is what you discover. Religion is all about what I do. The gospel is all about what Jesus has done. Religion's about me. The gospel is about Jesus. Religion highlights my efforts to do what's right. The gospel highlights what Christ has already done. See, religion religion lures me to believe that if I obey God, then He's going to love me more. But the gospel shows me that because God loves me, I get to obey Him. Listen, there's great freedom in that truth. So don't allow someone's toxic religion of rules and regulations to rob you of the freedom and the life that Christ has for you. This is what Jesus says, whom the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. Not going back to religion, not going back to rules and regulations, not going back to law keeping. So don't be enslaved to toxic religion and don't enslave others with toxic religion. Let's live in the freedom that was provided for us in and through the cross. And here's a, a good little, a little um, extra note for all the men today. We're not going to be having a rite of circumcision at the conclusion of the service. Why? Because it's not necessary. Because of the provision of Christ. And that Jesus gave His life that we might have life. Let's live in the fullness of that life and not create the add-ons, not create the toxic religion that becomes really a place of bondage 
And the end result of it is it's probably going to produce pride in your life because you begin to measure everyone else to yourself. Look how good I am. Look how hard I work. Look how much I'm pleasing God if you could just be like me. That's where it'll take you. To an unholy, unhealthy place. So we want to to embrace the pure gospel. And we want to run like crazy from toxic religion. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you today for the wonder of your grace. Because God, the reality is... um, We could have never been good enough. We could never work hard enough. So you came to our rescue. You sent your son, the sinless one, to die that we might live, to die that we might have life. And for that, we're grateful. Lord, now may we walk in that freedom. Lord, may we be free from toxic religion that that controls and that limits and that restricts. And Lord, may we be careful that we're not creating a toxic religion for others that robs them of life. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see. Holy Spirit, grant us understanding that where there's places of toxic belief and behavior that's connected to religion. Holy Spirit, I just ask, in this moment, would you just shine a spotlight on it? Because so many times we're not even aware And we create these add-ons. We create these extra rules. When there's no, there's no extra rules. God, to be right with you, there's no extra rules. We simply believe and receive. Not because we're good enough, but because God, you're good. And you've given grace. Grace to us in the failures of our lives. Grace to us in the sin of our lives. For that, we're grateful. With every head bowed and eye closed, possibly you're here today and you've been thinking, well, one one day I'm going to get good enough. One day I'm going to come to the place where I can truly know God and relate to God, but I'm not there yet. Possibly you're living in that state of deception because someone told you there's a bunch of rules and regulations and I'm telling you there's not. You can never be good enough. What do you need? You need God's grace. We're saved by grace through faith. And nothing more. Nothing more. Possibly you're here today and you've never made a decision to receive Christ as your Savior. Maybe you thought it was not possible in your present state. Let me tell you what you can be today. Forgiven, accepted, and loved. Is there anyone who would just say, Hey, Pharaoh, that's me. That's me. Today, I want to make that decision. Today, I I want to receive Christ as my Savior. Today, I want to receive His grace for my life. Is there anyone? Just raise your hands. Hey, that's me. But Lord, again, we thank you for the freedom that we have. And Lord, may we live in that freedom and live out that freedom. And may we have our antennas up because, God, what I know, there's some toxic stuff floating around out there. May we not be restricted or limited by a religion that someone would want to bring. 
that would mislead us or misguide us. But Lord, again, may we live fully in the life that you that you came to bring. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.